Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So Peter's saying to these pastors, it's tough. Many of the believers are being killed. You're pastoring in just unbelievable circumstances, but there's a reward coming for you. We're going to get different crowns, but you know what the Bible says we're going to do with our crowns? Just take them off, put them down at the feet of Jesus, because we didn't do anything without him or nothing. And all we want to hear is what? Well done, good and faithful servant, elder, pastor, bishop, no, servant. For those who desire to serve Jesus, the thing they should want most is to be pleasing to their ultimate master. This should be the driving force behind our service, to please God. Sometimes that will be misunderstood by those around us. Maybe we'll not get it quite right. Pastor Mark, teaching from 1 Peter, reminds us of the proper attitude we are to have. This was a lesson that Peter had to learn over many years. He's sharing it with his readers as well as with us. We should look for those qualities in our church leadership, but they should also be in us as well. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 5 with part 3 of his message, God's Leadership Plan, Shepherds and Sheep. What's the opposite of that? Here it is. Yes, number one. I love doing what God called me to do. See, our pastors love doing what God called us to do. It's a calling. Correct motivation comes from the heart. I love the sheep. I love the people. I'm excited to be your pastor, as all of our elders and pastors are. I'm actually humbled to serve you. Number two, no, not greedily, not as a means of financial gain. Huge danger if a pastor is focused on money. If that pastor is focused on money or motivated by greed, there's going to be a problem in the church. In fact, Paul warned Timothy to flee from the love of money and pursue godliness. So what is the opposite of that? By the way, that's one reason I don't know who gives or how much anybody gives. You know why? Because if I knew the people that give, and maybe they've got big bucks or whatever. Of course, half the time, the people who got big bucks don't give, and the people who don't have a lot of money give. Now, why would that be a danger for me to know if I went down? Because I begin looking in your face, and what do I see? Dollar signs. You said, Pastor Mark, that couldn't be you. I'm just like you. You have a neighbor? They move next door? Anything you need, I've got click, 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 click. So I don't know, so that I won't give in to money. Let me just share with you. When we started this church, back in 92, uh, for three years I worked as a pharmacist. 
eventually during about a year and a half, I went part-time because I couldn't manage it. By the end of that time, for those three years, I never took one dime. I wasn't on salary, nothing. And I, I just worked because I loved doing the church. Pretty soon now, we were 500 people. I was teaching twice on Sunday and midweek and trying to do pharmacy. And I was dying. So I just gave up. And I took my first salary three years into the business. I had so many men come to me and say, Pastor Mark, I'm so glad there's a guy that's in the pulpit that knows what it means to work Monday through Friday and then come and serve on a weekend. They loved it. And then when I went on staff, I got my first salary. And it was way more than I ever made in hospital pharmacy as a director. I mean, it was, you're laughing. Thank you. Thank you. It was way less. But it doesn't matter. See, if a pastor's here because of money, he's in the wrong place. Sit down and go out to the workforce. Pretty much any of our pastors, when they come on staff, 30, 40, the younger guy's different because they never made much anyway. Uh, (laughs) As they come on at that age, every person I know took a way big cut. Is it right to pay our pastors? Of course, it's biblical. I'm not going there this morning. We can show you that very easily. We absolutely do that. And we do that with the right way. We're not in it for the money. You just need to know that. Praise God. God provides for us. He's always provided for us. Now, look at 1 Peter 5, 3. Here's the third no and the third yes. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Do you know there's a big difference between dictatorship and leadership? I won't even go there politically. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the United States. What would you see North Korea's leadership? Of course not. For how many generations? Third generation. It's dictatorship. That is not in the pulpit. That is not domineering. Dictators talking down to the people. Listen, shepherds don't drive the sheep. Come on, come on, get out from it. Come on, let's go. Pastors don't drive the people. They don't beat the people. They love and lead the people. You can't be a dictator and be a model of Jesus. That's impossible. Now, pastors simply represent the chief shepherd, which is Jesus. So here's the yes. Instead of trying to drive the sheep, treat the people like could care less. Peter says, be an example to the flock. Model the lifestyle of Jesus. This warning of lording and over the people goes back to when Jesus served and in the upper room washed the disciples' feet. Remember one time Jesus said to the disciples, now, The leaders will lead and dominate you, but you're not like that. Jesus said it like this. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve you. And that is our role model in humility. Now, look at what Timothy says. 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, In your love, your faith, and your purity. So here's what you need to understand. 
This is our charge from God for myself, all the elders and pastors. Pastors must serve willingly, eagerly, and as good examples to the flock. When you see all of that, that begins to tell us something important. That's in writing. I have to be willing, eager, good example to the flock. Let's reverse this, and I'll show you something. Let's move to your response to pastors, teachers in a church. Do you have any responsibility? Yes. Let me show you. Look at Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome, the outcome of their way of life. And what song did we sing today? We're going home, heaven. If you want to go home, make sure you're right with God. Then watch what the pastor teaches about the word of God, how to stay there. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Faith means I step out. I don't live by what I see. I live by what God says to me, the unseen world. We've never seen heaven, but we believe in it. I'm going there by faith. I can't prove it to you. Paul was the only one that could really prove it to us. The rest of us do it by faith. So here's what you want to write. This is your response. Imitate your leaders. Remember them. Respect them. Appreciate your leaders. Now, the writer encourages the people to follow that role. People need a godly role model in the flesh. Children need godly role models in the flesh, in the home. Leaders are to be examples of Jesus. Well, Pastor Mark, I have a little problem with that. I do too, and here's the solution. Look at the next verse. 1 Corinthians 11.1. Look at what it says. Paul says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So what's your responsibility? Here it is. Don't expect your leaders to be perfect. You would never follow me if I'm not teaching something of the word of God. If all of a sudden I become prideful and beg for money from you all the time, then you know something is wrong with my heart. And so you can't expect us. Paul said at the end of his life, remember what Paul said at the end of his life? He was finishing. He says, I haven't arrived yet. I love that. Because if Paul hasn't arrived yet, I got a long way to go. But what you need to see, no leader is perfect. I'm just like you. Every one of us are alike. I need God's forgiveness and I need his grace all the time. Does anybody out here need his forgiveness and grace? All of us. But we're talking about the principles of the word of God. Let me just say it like this to you. What you see is what you get. Sorry. I'm not perfect, but I try to be transparent. I'll be out in a store. This quite often happens because it has so many people. And I'll be in Publix. And somebody somebody goes by me, and I hear them going like... (laughs) So they're saying, is that Pastor Mark? He really is short. (laughs) 7-Eleven in heaven, just wait. I'm going home. Okay, let me get back to where I was. So they'll walk over. Pastor Mark, 
What are you doing here in Publix? <laughs> Here's the way I answer that. I eat. <laughs> Hello. Then I see him in Aldi. Pastor Mike, in Aldi? Yes, cheap food is great. You can't beat the prices in Aldi. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Some of you are saying, Aldi, just email us. We'll give you the information. I used to, Lynn and I shopped in Aldi like 20 years ago when it was in Germany only. It's fantastic. I still love Publix too. Okay. Now, if you're there, don't be afraid to walk up because I love to meet people. I love to shake their hands. I just like people. By the way, if you're a shepherd and don't like people, find another job. Find another responsibility. That's crazy. We love people, don't we? We love them. Now, when you come by and we get to talk, sometimes I pray with people. We have all kinds of things happening. I don't mind that at all. If it takes me forever to get through the store, it's fine with me. It's God's time. Seriously, anytime you want. By the way, at the end of every service, every pastor waits at the end down here. If you have a need other than salvation, of course, then we take you back there. We have prayer counselors meeting you. But if you want to talk with me about something specific or any pastor, Wednesday night, Sundays, Saturdays, just come up and talk to us. We're here for you. We love the sheep. What you see is what you get. In a sports field, anyplace else, sometimes they're like, Pastor Mark, Bermuda's, like it's 88 out. What do you think? <laughs> of course, of course. By the way, when you come... And you say hi, thank you for doing that. Because it doesn't make me prideful, it just makes me thankful that you know I'm your pastor and I respect that. By the way, the second thing I'll do is look in your basket. (laughs) If you stopped at the wrong aisle, let's move right along in the sermon. Some of you are laughing too much. (laughs) All right. Look at Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Here's what you want to write. God says, submit and obey your leaders. I don't only have to obey, but I have to submit. That's an attitude that wants to cooperate. Thank you. But why should the congregation submit to the leadership of the church, the elders and pastors? Well, because we're under shepherds over him. And if we're in the word and we're doing right, we're not perfect, far from perfect. But we're doing things as best we can know how. God corrects us if we're wrong. Then you should submit to us. And I just want to say thank you because we don't have division here. I mean, we have people arguing about little things. But God has always protected this church. It's only God. It's not me. But why should you obey and submit? Watch this. Look at this next verse. This is huge. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Look at this verse. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Just leave that verse there. I... We'll give an account for how I led you. So will every pastor, every elder of this church. It's not just me. All of us. See, that's why the Bible says, don't desire to be an elder, pastor, leader, and as God calls you. Because I'm going to be judged harder than you're going to be judged. Why? Because I'm a person 
of influence. I will be judged. So it says, they watch over you because I will give an account. Then it says this, obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be no advantage to who? To you. If we're teaching the word of God and you're obeying and submitting and we're just flowing together, it's not an issue. It's a joy. And I want to say this publicly. It's a joy to serve you, to teach to you, to love you, to correct you, to warn you. It's a joy. I love doing what God called me to do. And our other pastors do to the kids and the kids ministry, to the youth, all of that. And the women's and the women's ministry. We just love serving you because that's what God called us to do. If you go against what we teach, and I hear this so often, it just drives me crazy. People have been here for years and years and years, and all of a sudden they're just gone, and they go back into the world. They go, wow, where did I fail or whatever? Well, they haven't obeyed the word of God. Remember, you have an enemy. He's roaring lion. Now, I'm here to tell you how to live and walk and do life right. Now, when you see this, I just want to say thank you again for being the people that are obedient, submissive, and you make God look good. But there's one more thing I have to tell you that I want you to do. Paul writes it like this, if he wrote the book of Hebrews. Pray for us, Hebrews 13, look at 18. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. What we want you to do, because many of you do it, is pray for us. Is pray for us. Paul says, Pray for me. I want a clear conscience. When God says, well, that was wrong, Paul. You're right, God. I correct my life. Just like you and I want to do. Do you understand? In this church, who was Satan after first? Who do you think Satan's after first? Point to the person if you think it, who it is. It's exactly right. Now, why? Because I'm special? No, because I'm the shepherd. Without the shepherd, the sheep... Jesus said it one day. Think about this. There's sheep without a shepherd. No peace. Have no way to go. No food. Don't know what. There's sheep. You remove me and the elders and the pastors. You're sheep without a shepherd. That's why you have to pray for us. Not just me. Because the enemy knows. That's where he wants to go. I prayed about that when God called me to the ministry. Because I'd watched that my whole life. We see it so often today. Pastor fails. And it just affects so many people. Thank you. Hundreds of you pray for my wife and myself and the leaders and the pastors. Thank you. I could identify some this morning because they're special people, but I won't. Please pray for us. First Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, Jesus, you will receive the crown of glory That will never fade away. So Peter's saying to these pastors. It's tough. Many of the believers are being killed. You're pastoring in just unbelievable circumstances. But there's a reward coming for you. We're going to get different crowns. But you know what the Bible says we're going to do with our crowns? Just take them off. Put them down at the feet of Jesus. Because we didn't do anything. Without him we're nothing. And all we want to hear is what? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Elder, pastor, bishop? No. Servant. In 1990, my dad passed away. 
and I was part of his funeral. We didn't start the church to 92. So I used this verse to speak at my dad's funeral. If he's in heaven and he can see, he's shocked out of his mind these last 25 years. My pharmacist's son became a pastor. And I wish he'd have seen it. He never saw it one day. Do you know why I'm here this morning? Because I had a good role model as a pastor and as a father. Perfect? No. Mother perfect? No. But I watched ministry my whole life. My whole life. And I knew what was involved. I knew the dangers. I knew the problems. Money, sex, women, all kinds of stuff like that. Pride, just Satan to destroy you. But I'm here today. Because not only do I have a great shepherd, I had a godly shepherd who raised me. And that's huge for all of us. When we were in Israel a few years ago, we came across a little venue that was kind of a picture of sheep and the shepherd fold. And it looks kind of like this. And that's what they would do back in Israel's day. On the mountainside, they'd have a little place where they put the sheep at night, count them, make sure they're there. If all the sheep didn't come in, what would the shepherd do? Go out and get the sheep, bring them in. And notice where the shepherd is. What is he doing there? He's at the door. Doing what? Guarding the sheep. Guarding the sheep. While we were there, I felt led, and I did this because a group of Israel people were with me. I got down and laid in front of the gate, and I wept uncontrollably. Because I realized for the first time, Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. That's what I'm called to do. God, I can't do it. That's what I try to teach our pastors. We're not in this for pride or money or a job. We're here to lay our lives down for you. That's our privilege. It's not about me. And as imperfect as we all are, all the shepherds, all the elders, just like you, we pray that God will never allow us to fail you. We're here to model what Jesus did. He came and he laid his life down for the sheep. And that's why you're a Christian today. Me laying my life down isn't going to do anything to you. I can't save you. I can't change you. But Jesus did. But the heart is what I want you to see. Far from perfect. I wish I had all the pastors and all the elders here so you wouldn't look at me. I'm just the representative. In any church where there's a godly pastor, they realize the call of God to lay down our lives for you. Because the great shepherd loves you, and we do too. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that all of us, leadership and laity alike, follow the one Peter calls the chief shepherd. We were told of the tremendous responsibility and judgment that those in leadership are under. We have to learn to hold our leaders to a biblical standard and to give them grace just like we want grace to be extended to us. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes the teaching God's leadership plan, Shepherds and Sheep. Next time, we'll begin the next teaching in this series, Living Life with Living Hope. Pastor Mark will talk more about how biblical submission, humility, and serving go together. We will hear warnings against pride and learn more of God's blessings on us when we embrace humility. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.